We are starting a new series this week called Road Trip uh, because it's summer and people like to go on road trips, vacations, things like that. And in this, we are going to talk about uh, journeys people took in the Bible and why they took them, how they took them, what it meant to their lives, how they were changed. Um, and so we're going to start with Abram, who became Abraham. That's how you all know him. And we are going to talk about how he was called to leave his home, uh, how he was called to go far from home, which is just a title that came to me. And so we're going to go with Genesis chapter 12. Uh, the Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So before I go on, uh, let me start by saying Abram was 75 years old. So it's not like he was 25 and going to college. That's way too old. It's not like he's 18 and going to college. Uh, he's 75 years old. And this isn't now. This isn't like uh, Jenna going to the University of Mount Vernon or Cincinnati or Ohio State, something, so Michigan, give me a college. Oh, Marshall. It's not like Jenna going to Marshall. Like she gets a scholarship and she's like, I'm going to leave my home and I'm going to go to Marshall and I'm going to be a star. Uh, if she goes there, like it's going to be a little freaky at first because she's away from her family, away from her friends in a new place, but she's got cell phones, uh, social media, computers, internet, the ability to just drive back home, all of these things. In Abram's day, this is BC. This is like before everything pretty much. And so Abram, when he's called to go, he's saying bye to his family, bye to his parents, bye to his other relatives, and he's probably never seeing them again because for one, the whole world is basically wilderness and desert, and for two, there are no cell phones. There are no cars. Uh, there are very few people in the world. Like, like three-fourths of the earth is uncharted. Like there are so many things that can go wrong, so many scary things. And yet God said, I want you to go. I want you to go. In our lives, you will feel that call at some point. Some of you will feel it to go into the ministry. Uh, you will feel, I really feel called to go to missions. I really feel called to be a pastor. I really feel called to be a wiffle ball player. I really feel called to, to do music ministry. I really feel called to, to to work in a factory, but but teach a Sunday school class. Whatever it is, you're going to feel called towards something. And there are different ways you feel that. Sometimes you feel it uh, through just, those are your skills. That's your gift set. That's something that you're comfortable with. For me, with youth ministry, I felt more comfortable uh, teaching teens than I did being around adults. I felt home. I felt right. And, and so that's how I knew it was a calling. That's how I felt God's call. Uh, for Abram, he was literally told, I want you to leave. Some of you will be called to leave. Some of you will go away to college. Some of you will go away to a job. You're probably not going to live with your parents for your entire life. Uh, sorry, Tim, you're probably not going to do that. Uh, at some point, you will go away. At some point, you will have your own life. At some point, you will have your own home. And that can be scary. Uh, sometimes it's even a shorter journey. Sometimes it's like, hey, me and my friends, we're going to go to Chicago. We're going to go to New York. We're going to go to Cedar Point. We're going to go to Kings Island. Something. And the first time you leave on your own, the first time you leave without your family, the first time you leave into unknown territory, it can be very scary. And so Abram felt all of that. He knew all of that was scary. He didn't know where he was going. He didn't know what was going to happen. He didn't know how his life was going to be. He didn't know how his family was going to be safe. And on top of that, he didn't think he'd be able to keep contact with anyone because, again, this is a long time ago. And so it's a very big deal that he was called. And in the next verse, we see, so Abram departed as the Lord had instructed. And, and before I go on, 
the key there is that he was called and he went. This shows Abram. Abram, we're going to see as we go that he was not perfect and he messed up and he lied even. But God called him to go at a time when it was terrifying, a time when it was dangerous, a time when he didn't know where he was going, where he was gonna, what was going to happen, what his life was going to be, and he went. He immediately went because he felt the trust in God that was needed. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people he had taken into his household of Haran, and headed for the land of Canaan. When they arrived in Canaan, Abram traveled through the land as far as Shechem. There he set up camp beside the the Oak of Morah. At that time, the area was inhabited by Canaanites. So he's going to a place that's inhabited. He's going to a place where he doesn't know these people. Uh, he doesn't know if they're nice. He doesn't know if they're jerks. He's going through the desert. He's going through the wilderness. Again, I want to emphasize how scary this is. Imagine if tomorrow uh, God calls you and, and like literally, like you hear his voice and you're positive it's God. Like there's no doubt. Like your bed catches on fire, but it's not burning. And, and you, you just hear God's voice coming out of it. And he's like, hey, I want you to go to Egypt. And I want you to go to be a missionary there. I want you to go and, and to preach my word. I want you to go and, and do my work. I want you to go and live. I want you to say goodbye to your family, to your friends, to your school. I want you to start completely fresh. And I want you to leave your cell phone behind. And you're never allowed to have internet again. And you're never allowed to have a PlayStation or cable or TV. Every single person here, including the adults, would be like, now wait a second. When you say never, do you mean I can have like a Nintendo Switch instead of a PlayStation? Or can I have maybe Ethernet instead of Internet? Uh, can I have a dial phone? Like we're all going to be like, how can I do that? Because I'll never talk to my friends again. I'll never talk to my family again. Like I don't know Egypt. I can't even speak that language. I, I don't know what's going to happen. We would all be freaked out. We would all be scared. So imagine that. And imagine that you just go. That is what Abram did. Like again, every single person here, even today, even if you could take your cell phone, uh, even if you had the internet, even if you knew that you'd be able to come back in six months, it's going to be scary. You're going to be like, wait, so I, I don't know the customs. I don't know the city. I don't know the landmarks. I don't know the language. What am I going to do? It's going to be scary. And so all of us would question it. All of us would say, God, are you sure? All of us would go to our parents and say, hey, I really feel called. I'm pretty sure it's God, but I don't know. I'm scared. What do I do? Abram had his doubts, I'm sure, but he went. He got up and he went and he uprooted his family and he uprooted his life. And that is the first step in taking a journey in Christ. It's the first step in, in being a true Christian and living like that is going when he calls you. Now listen, if you have questions and you have doubts, that does not mean you're a bad Christian. It doesn't mean you're wrong. Every single person, all of the adults that always help in here, has at some point felt God's call or heard his voice and then doubted or questioned or, or even not done it. Like it's how humans are. But what makes it key is that you continue to seek him. You continue to call him. You continue to talk to him. And then you, you're like, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. And that is what it is because God only will ever call you to do something if he is going to prepare you. You see, God's not going to say, Jenna, go to Marshall, and then I'll never talk to you again. He's going to say, Jenna, go to Marshall, and I'm going to be there with you every step of the way. I'm going to help you be prepared. He's going to say, Luke, go to be in the Michigan marching band, and I'm going to prepare you every step of the way. And Luke's like, Michigan, that's gross. Like, I'm not going there. But God's going to be like, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to help you. He's going to say, Tim, you're going to go to China next week and you're going to start a new grocery store named 
Droger, and you're going to start it, and you're going to, to, to have to learn language, you're going to have to say goodbye, you're going to have to uproot your family, you have to take a little bin and enroll him in Chinese school, and you're going to have to, to, to just change everything around. He's not going to call Tim to do that. And then say, and I'll talk to you in like six months. He's going to say, I'm going to open doors for you. I am going to help you learn. You're going to be shocked how, how quickly you pick up things, how everything feels right. Uh, as you may or may not know, I recently changed jobs and moved and all of these things. And it's scary to do that. Uh, six years ago, six and a half years ago, I moved states from the greatest state in the union where basketball is invented to Ohio, which is good. Uh, and so... <laughs> Now, just to be clear, Westchester is way better than Seymour. But uh, the, the point is, it was scary to move. And I was like, God, are you sure? I have never not lived in Indiana. And he's like, that's a double negative. You don't talk like that. You've got English degrees. And I'm like, I know, but I'm nervous. And so I, I, I was scared. And I questioned it. And I went over and over again. And I talked to people. But I went uh, to go here. Same thing. Like, I was scared. I was nervous. What if they don't like me? What if they make fun of me? What if they think Whiffball is the dumbest thing in the world? All of these things. And it's like, it's scary. But I went because I trust God. And God opens doors. God prepared me. I am not perfect. I am not amazing. I'm not special, but God prepares me and helps me each time I accept it. He helped me to be here. He helped you guys in different things. If we went over your life, and this is easier as you get older and you look back, you will see where he called you to do things and, and you realize, oh wow, I understand why I went through that. I understand why that happened to me. I understand where God was in this. And it's wonderful to look back. And so I encourage you to do that sometime. But that is where Abram is. He goes, and that's amazing. And then we go to the next verse. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. After that, Abram traveled south and set up camp in the hill country with Bethel to the west and I to the east. There he uh, built another altar and dedicated it to the Lord, and he worshipped the Lord. Then Abram worshipped the Lord. Then Abram continued traveling south by stages toward the Negev. The key to this is that Abram continued to build altars to the Lord. That doesn't mean when you go to school in August that you're going to have to build an altar by your locker. Uh, it's dangerous, going to catch on fire, all these things. But it means that whatever you do, when you're called, when you're scared, when you're like, I don't know if I'm prepared, you pray to the Lord and you give him the glory. When you succeed, when you say hit a home run and whiff a ball, you give glory to the Lord. When you defeat a giant, you give glory to the Lord. When you do something good in your life, you give glory to the Lord. When you go somewhere and you're so scared and you're like, oh, this actually is working out, this is actually good, then you say, Lord, thank you. And that's what Abram did. Now, the key to Abram, and one of the great things about biblical heroes, um, one of the ways, there are many ways that you can tell that the Bible's legit. Uh, if this were just a story, and like a, a writer, like Shakespeare, or Jane Austen, or Stephen King, or, or Tim Oldfield, somebody who's a writer, uh, wrote the Bible, and like, I'm just going to write the best story ever, they would make it where Abram is like this awesome, like he's masculine, and he's a big guy, and he's like, he's like Kawhi Leonard, except with a sense of humor, and he's like this really cool guy, and, and he's like, and Abram, he's going to go, and he's going to succeed, and everybody's going to fall in line, and they're going to all think, oh, he's amazing, he's the best, he's, he's the coolest guy I've ever met, yay, and everybody's going to become Christian, and they're going to follow him, and everybody's going to, to, to love God because of him, well, that's not how life works, and so the Bible shows that our heroes the people that, that built the church, the people that brought our faith to everyone are imperfect. And so Abram, 
He's imperfect. He sucked sometimes. And so he trusted God. And when God called him to go, when God called him to leave everything that's comfortable, he went. He put himself out there. And that is valuable. And that showed that at his core, at his heart, he knew what it meant to follow God. But he was not perfect. And so we go to, as he, on his travels, uh, verse 10. At the time, a severe famine struck the land of Canaan, forcing Abram to go down to Egypt, where he lived as a foreigner. As he was approaching the border of Egypt, Abram said to his wife, Sarah, Sarai, uh, Look, you are a very beautiful woman, which is a good thing to say to your wife. Uh, the next line's not so much. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, This is his wife. Let's kill him. Then we can have her. So please tell them you are my sister. Then you will spare my they will spare my life and treat me well because of their interest in you. So basically, let me run this down for you. I'm not married. Uh, Tim's married. Let's say that Tim goes somewhere, and they're going on vacation next week, and Tim goes, he's like, we're going into this hotel, and Misty, you're the most beautiful woman ever, and they're going to see that, and they're going to kill me. And, and Misty's like, that's sweet, Tim. They're not going to kill you, but thank you. And then the next line is, tell them you're my sister. That's not something you say to somebody you love. That's not like you don't tell your wife, your girlfriend, like, pretend you're my sister. That's weird and creepy, and it's a lie. And so Abram lied. He told Sarai to lie because he thought that Egypt was going to be like, oh, she's so hot, I'm going to kill you and take her. Now, maybe that would have happened, but what is different about Abram in this situation than just a few minutes ago? You see, God called him to leave his home, to leave everything that was uncomfortable, to go into a dangerous situation, and he went, he trusted God, and then he gets into a different situation, and he gets scared, which is fine, and he worries, which is fine, and he doubts, which is fine, but then he doesn't go to God. He tries to solve it himself, and he lies. He doesn't trust God in this moment, which shows you that Abram's imperfect. Abram isn't always right. Abram is not a perfect person, which is why he's a hero, which is why God chose him, because Abram did the wrong thing sometimes, but he learned from it. And so he goes in, and he's like, hey, right off, pretend you're my sister. I know it's creepy. I know it's weird. Uh, I know that we're holding hands, but hey, this is going to be what you're going to do. And so they go into this situation. Uh... And sure enough, when Abram arrived in Egypt, everyone noticed Sarai's beauty. When the palace officials saw her, they sang her praises to Pharaoh, their king, and Sarai was taken into his palace. Then Pharaoh gave Abram many gifts because of her, sheep, goats, cattle, male and female donkeys, male and female servants, and camels. But the Lord sent terrible plagues upon Pharaoh and his household because of Sarai, Abram's wife. So Pharaoh summoned Abram and accused him sharply, what have you done to me, he demanded. Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister and allow me to take her as my wife? Now then, here is your wife. Take her and get out of here. Pharaoh ordered some of his men to escort them, and he sent Abram out of the country along with his wife and all his possessions. You see what Abram did was he lied for one. He uh, forced his wife to lie. He put her in a situation where the Pharaoh thought that she was not married. He thought that she was his sister, and he took her as his wife. Uh, now that's wrong. That's messed up. And so now Sarai is doing the wrong thing and she's scared and she's lying because she was told to because she's in a dangerous situation because that's what she trusted Abram. She trusted his counsel. She trusted what he was saying. And the Pharaoh, he has no idea what's going on. He's not actually doing anything wrong. A and so all of a sudden God sends plagues. He didn't do it to punish Pharaoh. He didn't do it to punish 
uh, Sarai, he did it to show Abram, like, listen, your judgments, your decisions, they don't just affect your life. When you tell other people to do the wrong thing, when you do the wrong thing, you affect those people, you affect the people they affect, you affect a lot of things. One of the things that you'll find when you go on vacation, when you go to college, when you go to a new town, when you go to a new school, when you go to a new church, when you go to a new city, whatever it is, sometimes you decide, I'm going to be somebody different. I was a good person and I was a goody two-shoes and I, I didn't do anything bad at my last place, but I'm going to be really cool and popular and hip. I'm going to be lit and I'm going to do all this stuff and, and I'm going to be just awesome and I'm going to go out drinking and I'm going to smoke and I'm going to do drugs and I'm going to party and I'm going to sleep around and I'm going to do all of this stuff and, and you're like but it's okay because I'm just having fun and it's just for a little bit and I'll go back to God later well that's going to affect your life because it's going to change who you are because the more you do that is wrong the more you become what it is you do uh, and also other people are going to see you and they're going to be like uh, they go to church and like they used to be this so if they're doing this then it must be okay one of the dangers of christian colleges and i love christian colleges but but i remember a long time ago when one of my friends went to olivet which is a nazarene college near chicago he got married and all of his groomsmen were uh, uh nazarenes they were training to be ministers training to be music ministers training to be youth pastors and so the night before the wedding i was one of the the groomsmen also we were on the hotel room and they're like hey we're gonna go to the strip club and we're gonna get drunk and and, and smoke pot and do all this stuff and bruce and I, Bruce was the guy getting married. We're like, uh, no, thank you. And so we stayed and we played video games because that's what cool people do. A and so um, we did that and I'm like, hey, I thought they were, that like so-and-so was going to be a pastor. Like, aren't they at, at Olivet? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, but that doesn't make sense. Like, like it's a Christian school. He's like, a lot of people do that, and, and they go and they change because they're away from their parents. They go and they change because they think God can't see them. They go and they change because they want to try something different. They want to be somebody different, and then they get lost. A and so I don't know what happened to them in their life, but I know that they probably affected other people because some people will see them and say, oh, it must be okay to do this. It must be fine if they're going to be a pastor. If they're a Christian, if they go to faith, if they do this, if they do that, then it must be okay. Now, that doesn't mean you're responsible for everybody else, but it means that you have a responsibility to be the best example of Jesus that you can be. Uh, one of the things that I've said a lot lately is you might be the only example of Jesus someone sees. That does not mean you will be perfect. You will absolutely at some point lie to get out of trouble. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, you shouldn't do that. You should tell your parents the truth. But your parents lied to their parents. You've lied to your parents. Don't do it. Do not use that I'm saying this as an excuse to do it. But at some point, you're going to mess up and you're going to lie and you're going to have this choice. Do I continue this lie or do I go to mom, do I go to dad, and do I say, hey, can we talk? Now, the easy road is to just continue the lie and to be like, okay. But then that lie has to bring out other lies and you have to continue well wait what did I tell dad what did I tell mom what did I tell my friend and so you're constantly worried what if my friend brings this up what if this happens what if somebody sees me over here I'm this person at faith I'm this person at school I'm this person at home how do I keep it all straight it's so much easier to just be a Christian example now you're not perfect and you're going to mess up but when you mess up accept that you messed up. And that's what Abram did. You see, Abram messed up big and he lied and he hurt people and he almost caused death and destruction, but he admitted, hey, God, I'm sorry. I, I messed up. Forgive me. And God forgave him. And when, wherever you go, you are always you. Uh, wherever you go, you are who you are. So figure out who you are. Right now you're learning. You're becoming someone. But what you do is you figure out what seems right to you. You read the Bible. You go to church. You talk to friends. You talk to your family. You realize, okay, this is right. This is wrong. And, and who you want to be in your life, who you want to be in 20 years when you're married and you have a job, who you want to be then, 
Be that person now. Now, I'm not saying carry a briefcase around and, and have like papers in it. Of in I don't know how adults work because I play video games and wear shorts. But uh, like you don't have to act like your parents. You don't have to go to Home Depot and carry around pipes. Again, no understanding of adulthood. You don't have to do all that stuff. But I'm saying like who you want to be morally, what you think is right, what you think is wrong. If you're like, someday I'm going to have my family in church and I'm going to teach Sunday school and I'm going to be a good example. But right now I'm going to party. You become who you become. So if Abram had continued to lie and continued to tell Sarai to lie, he would have become that. But he changed. And so he went back to being Abram that trusted God. Trust God in your most difficult times. Trust God when he calls you. Trust God wherever you go. And I promise you, God will never put you in a position that he cannot help you through. He will never put you in a position that will not help you Ultimately, he'll never put you in a position where you cannot find something good, where you cannot find a way out. He will always help you. He will always be with you. And so do that for your friends too. Help them to know that they can talk to you. Help them to know that, that they can trust you. And then be trustworthy and have people around you that are trustworthy. And so be who you want to be and follow God and be that example every day. And if you do mess up, when you do mess up, don't be too big to ask for forgiveness. Don't be too big to say, I messed up. Do that, because I will tell you, as an adult and as a pastor, and I, other adults that are here can tell you, there is nothing worth more, worth more worthy of respect than someone admitting that they were wrong. That is so cool. And if you watched politics and the presidential elections coming up and the congressional election coming up, you will never hear those words. You will never hear any of them say, I was wrong on this. They will flip-flop and they will make up things, and everybody's like, well, that's stupid, they lie, blah, blah, blah adults, people, you, we all respect when someone is able to admit, I messed up. I was wrong. I am sorry. It does not make you weak. In fact, it makes you strong. So Abram said to Pharaoh, I'm sorry. And he said to God, I'm sorry. And he said to Sarai, I'm sorry. And now Abram wasn't perfect the rest of the way, but he learned a lesson in that moment that wherever you go, God is with you and he will always help you. So never forget that no matter what happens. And that's all I got.